Awesome. Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of Align where we help you align with your true self, others, and your desired outcome to live your best life. Today we have an awesome new friend in town, Jay. Do you prefer Jay or do you prefer your full name? Jay's fine. Jay's fine. Okay, perfect. We have Jay and a little bit of background. Um, Jay never told you this, but when we first met, we were waiting in line to get brunch at a place that we, you know, oftentimes go a lot. And you were already there for like an hour when I showed up. Okay. <laughs> My hangry behind was like, uh, I'm starting to get impatient. I'm starting to get nasty, right? It's been like 15 minutes. And I looked <laughs> at you and I was like, She's literally like smiling like an angel. She's so happy to be outside in the freezing cold, waiting, like so grateful. I was like, what is, like this girl has a lot of patience. Like, that like really triggered me like, huh, like this, like there's something about you did not complain once. You were such an angel about it and such a doll. And then when I learned a little bit more about you and that you have a very technical background, I was like, I need this girl on my show. Like, she's the definition of a femininity and I was like I need this girl here so that's how you're on thank you it was so good being I when you walked up I kind of had the same energy I was like she's cool she's like she's a bad because you came up on your I think you were in a meeting oh, and yeah. you're like guys one minute <laughs> and I was like oh that's special I literally brought so my laptop Okay. It was positive energy. It was such positive energy. Big, you know, it was funny because uh, I wanted to get some work stuff done and I literally brought my laptop to brunch and Emily was like, are you bringing work to brunch? I was like, yeah, where's Wi-Fi? <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. Yeah. So that's why I really wanted you to come and talk about this really, really crucial topic. Women embracing their femininity in a male dominated industry. And I think it's something that you and I have discovered that we've shared very similar experiences, even though in very different industries. So would love to hear, you know, let's dive right in a little more about your background, how you became who you are and how you kind of thrived in that kind of environment. So I think to start, like, obviously you have a very exotic look and I was like, what are you? Like, literally, what are you? So in terms of background, like what is your background? And then also um, given your very diverse background, what did your family think or teach you about being a woman? Like, what did it mean to, to be a woman? Um, so I am African-American, Native American, and British. Love it. Um, and <laughs> and um, my mom, she just was growing up. She was um, a very positive, like, feminine role model. She was very strong, very focused, very independent, uh, never complained. And she was also very adamant about instilling that same sense of like independence. And, you know, you have to do everything for yourself. You can't really depend on anyone to take care of you or, you know, go through school for you or do anything for you. It's really up to you to sort of carve your own lane out. Mm -hmm. And so um, from early on, she, she just instilled that just daily with schoolwork, um, friends, things that she was doing. She, she got her master's when I was probably like eight and to see her struggle and work through like a, a full-time job, raise me and also go to school was a lot to watch. But it was inspiring as well. So I think that had, um, that experience specifically probably had a lot to do with um, just watching her struggle and, and find her way 
helped me sort of want to be like that. I love that. Very similar to you. I mean, my mom has taught me, by the way, I was getting chills when you were talking about your mom. Like I still have <laughs> as I'm talking. I need to like chill it out a little bit because it is cold in here. Um, but uh, my mom has obviously, she's taught me a lot of things, but I don't know why. The one thing that like I can never get out of my head, I was like, I don't know, maybe 12, 10, 11. She goes, Jessica, you are never to depend on a man for money you make your own money. And it just like, I don't know what it was. Like she's done a, she's a very similar to your mom. She's so feminine, so nurturing. Like she is like literally the epitome of like your perfect wife, like wifey material. But she was entrepreneur. She was very, very independent. And like, she always like, while she was such like a mother figure, such an amazing wife, she like held her own. And I don't know what it is, but like her saying that just completely like ingrained in my brain. And I'm like, Jess, you were never depend on man for money. And it was more of like, never to marry for money, but right. to marry for someone that cares for you and loves you. So. Right. Yeah. You have appreciation for that grit as you get older and it just, it, you just respect it so much more. Um, like retrospectively every year, I just look back and then every time I think about like how she raised me and what she struggled with, probably similar to you. I, like you, I get chills. I'm just like, every year it gets more and more mind blowing. It's yeah. like, how did this even work? Yeah. And, and tell me if you feel the same way, but, um, and we'll talk a little bit more about this later too, but now that I'm reflecting on your mom and my mom, what made our moms so strong was the fact that they were so vulnerable and they were right. able to play both the nurturing role and also like the career role without acting like a man or feeling the need right. to be like a man, right? Like your mom sounded also very feminine, very like whole, whole wholesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she was... Um... She was also very, like you said, very feminine in the process. It wasn't that, it wasn't this like um, masculine energy that she was trying to take on or teach me or show me. It was be a woman and be feminine and, and own who you are as a woman, develop as a woman, but also know that that's enough and you don't need anything else to exist in that thing. And so, um, she, yeah, she's, she's very feminine. <laughs> And I have so, appreciate that now that we're speaking about it, I have even more of an appreciation for it. The uh, fact that she was able to maintain that femininity and also sort of play this masculine tight energy role, you know, in this independence, if you will. I love that. Yeah. And so we'll talk a little bit more about the femininity aspect of it. I remember um, growing up and we talked about this too. It wasn't like boys are good at math and science and girls are not. It was never like that, right? Like, I feel like as we got into career roles, like engineers, financiers, tech guys became more of the males, the right. men. But I look mm -hmm. back and like, when I was going through uh, high school and middle school and taking all these AP classes, I mean, it was 50-50. If not, oftentimes there was actually more women. And so I bring this up because for you, math and science was always kind of your strong suit, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I grew up, uh, so, so my, my mom and dad both uh, had, were accounting majors, and so very, like, numbers-focused. My mom's math is still way better than mine. <laughs> it's just embarrassing. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was, um, 
this, I remember having a class it, so I, with you, I had the same experience where it was sort of 50-50 during school. Yep. Um, but I remember getting to college in engineering and it was, I was the one female in a class of like 50 students, which was absolutely insane. Wow. And, and from then, I, I don't, uh, it was discouraging. It, it, I remember going to the TA after class and saying, is this something that you think I can do? Because I didn't see anybody like me in the room and it, it just kind of felt like, maybe this is not for me, this is for people like me, is maybe this is not something that I can do as a woman. And so he was, I, I still to this day, he's one of the main reasons that I'm still in engineering is because, um, because of her, because I obviously had talked to her about it. She, she was, she couldn't even fathom me asking the question of, you know, is this for your, can, is this something that I could do? But the teacher being so like sure about it when I even spoke to him, he was like, for sure you can. This is, this is, I will help you get to where you need to get. It's sitting after class every day, tutoring, going through the numbers, going through the, um, the sciences and everything else that you need to succeed. You'll try this and you'll succeed in it. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, I was, it, it, it's kind of discouraging looking back at it. Like, I, I don't know what perspective um, like I can put into words my, my perspective then as detailed as I would like to know about, but yeah, it, it was um, very male dominated. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know how that fall happens, but to your point, when you brought up that story, it also reminds more me of when, whether it be grade school, high school, even college, if it weren't for specific teachers and TAs mm -hmm. and the resources, I don't think I would be where I am. And it just right. takes like literally that one person that believes in you and you didn't see the thing in yourself and you're like, oh wait, you are right. I'm pretty good at this. I, I belong here, <laughs> right? So yeah. I love that. Yeah, yeah. It's um now that I'm in it, I, I don't know what else I would have done. Like I, I I think about all the other majors and I'm just like, I how could anything because I'm so anal and I'm yeah. so like detail <laughs> and focused and Everything just has to make sense and add up for me, just personally, professionally, everywhere. Yeah. And so I, I don't know where else I would have been able to just lay out in that sense, you know, professionally. Yeah. Speaking of that, um, the fact that you like things very particular, you know, you're very detail oriented and it seems like you're, you're more of the logical sense, right? Mm -hmm. One thing that um, we talked about this where your mom and the way she instilled in you about, you know, career always comes first. Talk a little bit more about where like breakups, you know, happiness, all this kind of stuff in our love department is constantly changing. It's very volatile. Yeah. But then in your career, that was the, the, the safety or the consistency you had. So like talk a little bit more about that of how like, you know, you felt grounded in your career, even if in your love life, things were like a roller coaster, which we all have those years, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, um, I was, when I was majoring in engineering, I was in a long-term relationship of like, I don't know, like two years or something like that. And it was really serious. Really. It was my first relationship ever. Yeah. And so when that ended, um, which is the biggest heartbreak of your whole life, your first relationship, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my mom just kept saying as hard as I was like crying and as sad as I was, my mom was like, whatever you do, just get up and go to work, go to class. I will be here to hold you when you finish physically. I will be standing outside if that's what you need, but you have to keep going to work and going to class. And so 
I just kind of blindly followed that. It was like, I don't have the strength to even do this or the brain to even comprehend what's being said, but I have to be here because my mom says this is what the best thing is to do right now. So, um, but yeah, it was, um, it's always been, and I'm thankful for that because it, it really has been the constant current throughout my life. It's been my career. It's been the one thing that has not let me down. I hate to say that because it's so cliche, <laughs> but it has, it, it kind of, it kind of has been, it's been the thing that's always been there. It's been the thing that I can always throw myself into. It's been a thing where I can also find a lot of confidence. Yeah. And so when I, when I didn't have it personally. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's, um, if I could go back and give myself one piece of advice, it would be exactly what she said is to push through that when you can't push through anything else. I love that. No, I, Hey girl, everyone knows their first heartbreak. Right. And <laughs> very similar to you. I just dove completely into my studies and into my career. I was just like, this is going to pay me the dividends of where I want to be. Like not this, the emotions are important, but like feel it, but like, I can't keep dwelling on it. Right. Like there's a reason why it ended. We got to move on with life and just put, convert that energy that you have into something that's going to be productive for you going forward. Right. And, um, I think the, the, the part of it, why it's so important is that for both of us, we actually loved what we did and do. Right. So it never yeah. felt like work. And I feel like the important thing through breakup I've learned is you just need to find something you're really passionate about and pour mm -hmm. all like all the tears that you're crying into that. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> right. Like take the mess and make like a masterpiece out of it. And so, um, yeah, okay. I'm with you. I, I feel like the one thing that we can take out of heartbreak is like the, the inspiration to kind of fuel it and convert it to another path. Yeah. 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 And people don't realize, um, you know, you kind of build strength in those times and you build so much more love for your career Yeah. after every single heartbreak or every single, I mean, that you have health scares, you have all kinds of things that happen in life. And when you, you can count on, you know, the one thing that you love to do being there and, and that being great at all times or good at all times or positive, then it's a, it's, it's just relieving in yeah. general life. Yeah. And I feel, and I'm sure you have girlfriends where, you know, no judgment, but their priority is to be a housewife, get married, have mm -hmm. kids. And that's what they want. Respect to that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For women like that though, like I always say like ones that are close to me or some of my clients, it's, you still need some sort of passion outside because when things get rocky, because in relationships, it's all based on emotion. It's not very logical, right? Like right, right, right. your heart wants what it wants. So it, when it's such a volatile aspect of your life, you still need a grounding force through a passion. So like find something that's going to be the stability for you. I don't care if it's like, I don't know, race car driving or like yeah. painting. You just need to find that stability, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's empowering to, to, to be able to find confidence as well and work, I think as well, or it's, it's also, I should say, I keep saying as well, <laughs> no, it's true because it's like, but yeah, your sense of self-worth as a woman cannot just be about like your physical appearance, how many men that you attract, like who you would date. Like that is obviously a part of our confidence, but it cannot be all of it. Like you got to spread no, those right. eggs. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> literally. <laughs> you have to be able to. <laughs> you Woo! have to be able to, and this is the one thing that you can, you, you know, you've done for yourself as well. It's, it's, it's um, empowering. Like I said, to feel like you can find confidence in something that you built on your own, and not something yeah. that your mother gave to you through genetics, or yeah. you know, where you just happen to be at the right place at the right time. It's no, I've put in ten years to this idea and the fact that I can now find confidence or pull confidence from it is empowering. I love it, girl. Let's dive a little bit deeper on um, the career aspect, right? So in your division, you're, there's 8% of women, right? Crazy to me, like in finance, the numbers are bad, but definitely not that bad, right? So <laughs> we, girl, and we talked about how um, we both shared at points of our life, the need to overcompensate and, you know, feeling like we're already starting at, as a quote disadvantage because we're female that we need to like yeah. overcompensate and like overprove that we belong to be here. Right. So talk to talk to me about kind of this overcompensation, how it translates to like the way you dress, the way you speak, the way you show up. Yeah. So um, because it's so male dominated. Uh, and it's not just male dominated. It's, it's a specific type of male, I feel like, in engineering. And yeah. So I, I feel like <laughs> I love them all, but it's just, there's a very specific, um, and so I find myself at work, if, if I'm going into like a customer meeting, I would want to wear like a dress, that's what I would choose on my own, um, but I usually wear dress pants, and it's to not bring in any sort of distraction, I want them to feel um, as connected and uh, be able to have this sort of sense of um, relatability to, to me as a person and not um, be sidetracked with anything else. I want them to feel like I'm kind of one of them. And so um, it's, it's sort of this unconscious feel to like dumb down your femininity in, an yeah. in a way, which is unfortunate, but uh, I mean, it is what it is at this point. I, um, and just an example of having to you talked about this default of sort of feeling behind as a woman and having to prove yourself um i was in college in a lab uh one year and i was talking with one of, we were in a group lab so it's like a lab of like four of us um in a group and we were going through this concept it was a semiconductors lab and i remember going through some of the steps on my own that gave me some portion of it to sort of work through. We had to split the experiment up into parts. And I went off and did that part, came back with all my findings. And um, we were now to present to like a larger group. And so I was going in to present my part. And for some reason, like one of the guys in the, in the group that we were presenting to did not believe what I was saying. And so, um, I, I kept trying and kept going and like, this is basically what it is. And so one of my partners in my group actually saw what was, was happening. So he kind of jumped in and said the exact same thing that I did. Oh, and the guy that we were presenting to was like, oh, okay. Yeah. It makes sense now. And it's like, wait, oh. I just <laughs> and so, yeah, you kind of feel this D this default of having to go and, and, and overwork to prove yourself yeah um and and it gives you a tougher skin but it's just you kind of feel like it's um 
it, it doesn't have to be that tough. It shouldn't have to be that tough of a skin to exist as a female engineer, you know? Yeah, no, I'm with you. I feel like when I first started my career in the first couple of years, I um, felt the need to wear, you know, more pants, not dresses, not so much colorful. And like, you know me on my weekend, I am very yeah. colorful in my own skin, you know? And at work, I was like very blue and black and white, like just very kind of, right. and um, I felt like I had to act like I had, I felt like I had to scale up the, uh, the masculine parts of myself and turn mm -hmm. down the feminine parts of myself. Right. To your point, like I didn't want, I didn't want any part of my femininity to be like a ding. Right. Or like a reason of why, like I couldn't do this. I couldn't, or wasn't taken seriously, all that stuff. And it took me until I would say the last couple of years where something just switched in me. And I'm like, what my power is, is the fact that I'm female and the yeah. fact that I am more to your point. Like, I, I don't mean to be like sexist, but generally speaking, we are more team oriented. We're more empathetic. We're more compassionate. Like we read between the lines. Like we can pick a body language and cues that guys just, they just power through. They're not listening. They just go straight for it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it was literally retraining myself to like actually find like pride in being a feminine where yeah. to be fair though even when I finally converted my outfits to be more dresses and more colorful whatever I would get comments from older women are we surprised not at all no. right <laughs> it was just so interesting like the, the group that I thought I was going to get like x'd out of right or like not taken seriously it was never men and it was wow. never, it was always just and you, you could talk a little more about it too there historically has only been a certain amount of women in these kind of roles. And so it's like, becomes like competition. Like there's only room right. in, enough for like one or two, whatever. And I don't want to blame it on just the women. Like I'm sure they felt the need to be competitive for whatever reason. Maybe they right. were given like two slots. I don't know. Right. But it was just interesting how I started getting comments and it was never from men. And like, even like it, it, to be fair, like maybe some men thought it, but that the audacity for women to call me out for wearing appropriate business appropriate uh, outfits that were just colorful or it was a dress or God forbid you saw my knee, mm. my, my knee. So distracting. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> but like, talk to me about like the, like the, the, you know, the little bit of the competition amongst women that you also see in your field. Yeah. It's the same. It's the same, uh, vibe I feel it's the same energy where there are so few women uh in the division that they feel like you know you're not going to take my spot here as the woman here and you're not going to take the next female executive spot that you know I'm going up for and it, it just it, it's this unconscious pitting of women like against each other and it's so unfortunate because there really is enough room for everybody and there's enough room for all females to come in and do whatever they like it's just, we are feel, we feel this, um, this undercurrent that there's not and this illogical thinking of, you know, I'm going to get her out before, you know, she takes my spot. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how, how you, I think it's just going to have to probably evolve naturally where, um, the more numbers you have, the more comfortable people feel about the spots. Yeah. You know, yeah. Of their field. Yeah. And I feel like 
there's so much talk, at least people are talking about this now, or like, it's not like it's a topic that no one ever knows. Like, you know, people are, there's a little bit pro, like get more women, they get more people of color and all that good stuff. But I'm like, mm-hmm. ultimately it's going to take the women at those seats to act the way right. to mm-hmm. get us up. Period. Right. right? Yeah. Say a huge game and all this stuff. And it's, I mean, I'm sure you've seen it too. There are women who are out there preaching things. And when you know them personally behind the scenes, I'm like, that is not who you are in real life yeah. at all. Right. So yeah. it's going to take whoever can get in those seats. It's going to take those women to really pull it up and make it lead by example. That's it. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing people don't learn by words. Right. Sorry. Go ahead. Right. And we don't have a lot of, um, and engineering, it's, it's more of a, a resource issue. You know, you can't start, you can't think, okay, I'm going to go pull more women into engineering by going to colleges because they're, they're not there, right? The, yeah. the, the percentages are still very low. You, you go into high schools, okay, maybe I can start there. You know, it's, it's a better starting point, but it's got to start down to like the elementary level you have to start instilling in girls that they can do math and this is something that is going to welcome them and and be a benefit to them in the long run and that they have the actual ability to to accomplish and achieve um a math related field or stem related field and so i think that is people a lot of people talk about like pulling more women into these male-dominated fields but it's it has to start earlier than just the college level um it's it's not the resources are just not there at that level unless they've already been there you're not going to create a resource of women in by college no I agree and it's changing the scripts right the cultural stigma between like a scientist looks like this or about a right. ballerina looks like that you know like right. we just need to start tearing that apart and right. I'm sure there's so many roles that guys want to be more fluent in and they're not right mm-hmm. or it's like there's a social stigma against it so I'm with you we need to as the new generation of parents are, are are forming, it's really up to them to say, this is okay. You can do this, right? right? The way that your right. mom and my mom looked at us and was like, world's your oyster. Have at yeah. it, right? You whatever you want. <laughs> whatever you want. Yeah. Okay? Just make your own money. Whatever you want, but make your own money. Um, uh, super helpful. And let's talk a little bit deeper on um, when you're wearing pantsuits and you're playing within a box, right? Because that's not all of you. That's a tiny sliver of J. Right, right. Do you ever feel like suffocated? Do you ever feel like you, you can't, you know, it feels uncomfortable. You're walking on eggshells. Yeah. You can't fully be yourself at work. Yeah, yeah. I, I um, one time somebody made the comment that I was, I was, I think I was pitching some idea or something to this team, this design team. And one of the guys said that I was being too emotional about it. Huh. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I was just trying to, you know, stress the important points, but if that's emotional, then maybe, you know, I need to dumb myself down a bit so that I'm more effective. But that that is just one example of the parts of me that I feel like I dumbed down to, um, sort of, I guess, communicate more effectively with it. I guess that's what they want to see yeah. is this pale, you know, presentation of myself and um, no passion. No, I mean, I don't know. I feel like in general, women are probably more emotional. I mean, naturally we are, 
Um, but to feel like I have to dumb that down so that you don't feel like I'm overcompensating or that I'm being too aggressive and how I, um, approach an idea is not, it's not fair. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, see, my thing is I've never found, um, first of all, it's a very inappropriate comment. That's, yeah. I'm sure you could like get him in trouble for that. So that was really, <laughs> um, in so many ways, but I mean, isn't the whole point of creating something new and as an engineer, you're, you're greater to be passionate about something, yeah. right? Like, isn't that the whole point yeah. of creation? Yeah. Yeah. You want, yeah. you want to believe in what you're doing and right. as the audience, you want to know that the person presenting to you is, they are passionate about what they're doing and they are passionate about, uh, the idea because kind of honestly, I, if they're not passionate about it, it probably doesn't work. So yeah. it's, you know, I, you need some sort of pull behind it. Yeah. And I feel like someone who makes a comment like that, it says more about him than it says about you. It mm -hmm. shows his lack of candidly speaking, like feeling range, right? Like if there's only one range that you can kind of work with, I don't know how you're going to ever pitch to a client. I don't know how you're ever going to influence people. I don't know how you're ever going to like give a motivational, like speech of any kind, right. To influence your ways. Cause like, if you live in this one dimension, there's a lot of dimensions, honey, across this world and people in the back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I thought they would, I mean, I'd appreciate the emotion. I think if, if somebody were just, even if it's this, um, sort of this negative current to the emotion if you want to call it that yeah um I think I'd appreciate just the idea that they they believe in it so much it's kind of like well why, why don't I believe in it like that and, you know maybe maybe it is right maybe it is something worth getting behind yeah um so yeah, yeah. And, and I just feel um think about it like I'm sure men or people at work have displayed anger right mm -hmm. and but somehow that emotion's okay yeah. You know what I mean, like it doesn't make any, I really feel like the answer to this is like, you got, we just all have to lead by example, right? Like yeah. you have to own, I think the biggest struggle that I've, I've always had was I'm so like sure and unapologetically myself, but I also need to be mindful of my audience, right? Like, I think for me, it's like, I, I always kind of struggle between, I want to make the person feel very comfortable in my presence, but I'm not going to dim down who I am. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it becomes like a balance of like, okay, in a corporate setting, you still have to, in a way, like play within like the rules and dimensions. Right. But right. That's why I feel like what's been effective is I don't go from, I don't show a hundred immediately. I gradually take you along the journey. Yeah. So once yeah. I won you over 10, okay, I want to move you to 20. Then I'll move you to 30. So then like they've actually moved along, but they didn't know they're moving along. They're like, oh, it's yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Great. This is great. <laughs> right. So I feel like I think it's it, I think it becomes a delicate balance between like unfortunately, unfortunately, we are still the minorities and we're gonna have mm -hmm. to find a way to express ourselves that we're being heard. Yeah. But then gently pull them along so it's a little yeah. bit more balanced. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. It's it's um you're looking back and you're looking forward and you're looking so you have to look all the way <laughs> yeah up down you have to stay conscious of all angles to try to make a better a better world for women in male dominated areas yeah yeah so with that what would you say for women like us right we're in a male dominated field how can we 
encourage each other? How can we support each other? For me, it's, I always think, I don't like to be the damsel when distressed. Like, sure, there's mm-hmm. things that men and other people can do, but like, ultimately, like, it's our life. We want to make it better. So what are some things that you think that we as women can do better? I think the main thing I'd say is to, to empower, to have just as much support for the next woman as you would the next man. Not to overcompensate in that support, but just don't, don't have this unconscious bias as to uh, how many spots there are to be taken or um, the, the fact that some the next woman is there to take your spot because it's not necessarily what it is. And most of the time, it's not what it is. Right. Um, so just have more compassion towards um, the next woman as you would the next man. I love that, that equal. And also my thing is... Mm, you should have a little more confidence in yourself that mm-hmm. someone else, guy or girl, isn't going to take your seat. Like, right. you focus on your craft and make it so that yeah. it's irreplaceable, right? Like, yeah, and there's always going to be someone younger with more degrees and all this stuff, right? Like, what's so special and unique about you that is literally irreplaceable? If you can't figure that out, you should you should probably focus on that more than like all the other competition out there, right? So, right, right, right. Um, and also, no, go ahead. Sorry. It, it's good to find your niche in these, in these um, environments, I should say. Because um, when you can own that and present that well, and people know you for that, that's also something that I think is appreciated by other women and also men as well. Yeah, no, I agree. And I was also very happy to hear, like, for example, your company, um, they do gender studies, they like kind of walk people through biases. And we both kind of agreed that often, most of the time, men are just unaware of these biases because they aren't women. They haven't gone through the things that we have and it's not their fault, right? And like being an angry feminist is not gonna change anything, right? So. Um, talk to me about like what you've seen that has worked, where companies have kind of embraced it, how men kind of react to it and how they've kind of reached out to you and kind of find ways to actually support you once they've had that like light bulb moment. Yeah. So we, we have um, a series of like gender biased uh, trainings that we do yeah. um, in the form of trainings and experiments. So I think uh, the main, the biggest training that they have is like half an experiment, half a training. So they have guys that if, everybody will suggest a name for a guy. So you'd have just as many uh, men in the room as you would women. And you run different experiments um, in terms of, okay, take, put a blindfold on and answer this question. And, and what, what would you think this answer, who would you think this is coming from, a man or a woman? Um, and then they have, uh, there's a series of, of experiments and um, activities like that. And then they have obviously a video where they go through uh, different statistics and, you know, um, stories and ideas within this, uh, problem of women not really having a voice in male dominated environments. Um, and a lot of the times men come out like being in shock because they, they really did not know it was there. Once you can have them aware of the, the idea of this all, I think it, it's, um, it's from there, it's, it's easy. You know, they, they want to know more. They want to do better. I've had um, engineers reach out to me and ask me, you know, is, am I reacting in the, in the right way in the situation? And how would you have reacted? And I feel so bad because I should not have said this comment to her. And, and it's just, um, 
they once they know that it's there, they they want to do better. So I think that's that's encouraging for us as women. Yeah. Um, to know that they do want to do better. It's just a matter of education and, and becoming aware. Yeah. And I would say um, for the women, you know, of course, when you speak in a more, um, uh, what's the word, like a softer tone versus the angry mm-hmm. tone, it's going to be probably uh-huh. much more receptive. Like they always say you can't uh-huh. bees with honey. So that's one thing I always say to like, you know, you can feel very passionate about these topics and you should, because these are mm-hmm. experiences, but what's the end goal? right? The end goal is to have a better system, a better way mm-hmm. to upgrade, uh, kind of upgrade the outcome. So let's, in that case, I'm like, let's kind of scale down the motion a little bit and just yeah. your execution of like, how do we communicate it? So it's being digested by our male peers and support, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, Jay, thank you so much. Honestly, <laughs> like, this is, as you can tell, like a very, not only important topic, but a very dear topic to both of us. And mm-hmm. I'm so glad to hear, you know, you what one in like a what million people, a thousand people who are actually in that engineering role kind of share your experience as a female. And um, in, in addition to obviously, thank you so much. I always ask people, um, I think everyone has a unique gift that they can mm-hmm. share with the world. What do you mm-hmm. think your unique gift is? Um, uh, maybe patience. Girl, yes. <laughs> Your patience is like, I need a bottom of that. I don't want to like self-proclaim. <laughs> so you already mentioned that. So maybe I, it, patience is probably um, my my favorite thing to give, I think in general to the world as, as I can. <laughs> I mean, if we can bottle that, if you can teach that, like I need a course in patience with you. Cause I was like, how is she literally <laughs> smiling in the cold for two hours? Like it makes no sense. And like, she must be starving. It was like 3 p.m. <laughs> and it was like brunch. Like we're going to lunch. we're going to freaking dinner now. Right. So <laughs> I attest your patience is an absolute virtue. <laughs> thank you <laughs> you got it girl well thank you again and I will I will see you soon <laughs> yes thank you for having me I appreciate it thank you for also putting this on the forefront I think it's so important as you mentioned that we uh bring this up as much as possible in the in the best ways we can without being you know too aggressive <laughs> perfect yeah <laughs> of course girl listen we're, we're we're in a glow up world right we gotta we gotta yeah. We got no better to do better. Yeah. Yep. You're right. <laughs> I love it, girl. See you soon, Jay. Okay. Bye. Bye, dear.